Welcome to the Diversity and Inclusion on Air podcast. This podcast is a program of the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges Diversity Matters Initiative. The podcast explores various issues related to diversity and inclusion in the veterinary profession and provides the AAVMC an opportunity to offer ongoing diversity programming to our member institutions, as well as all veterinary professionals. My name is Dr. Lisa Greenhill, and I am the Chief Diversity Officer at the AAVMC. I am very excited about our bonus show today. I am going to be talking to Patricia Lowry, the named person here that for the uh, Patricia L. Lowry, M. M. Lowry Diversity Leadership Scholarship um, with AAVMC and this year's awardee, Alexandra Awat. So I am so excited to have an opportunity to talk to both of you. So, uh, well, as is our custom on the show, I'd like for you to both take just a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself. So we'll start with you. Good morning. Sure. This is morning. Um, Thank you, Lisa, for doing this uh, a little bit about me. I am formerly of Michigan State University, uh, retired several years ago, then failed while the retirement and continued to do the work. So I spend as much time as I can afford helping institutions um, consider how they can continue to grow uh, and be inclusive in the process. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a third year veterinary student at Tufts. Um, I start clinics in about a week, which is super exciting. So this is kind of my last hurrah before the stress. Um, yeah, I'm pretty involved on campus. I co-founded the Latinx VMA chapter at Tufts. Um, and I use that to start a Spanish course um, for our students. So that way they're prepared to communicate with Spanish speaking clients um, on the work. Wonderful. Wow, that's so great. So uh, I think we want our uh, audience to know today is that Alexandra is uh, this year's Lowry awardee, scholarship awardee, but not just that. Wait, there's more. (laughs) She's also one of 18 students nationally who was also awarded the new uh, Merck Animal Health uh, Diversity Leadership Scholarship. And so um, the combined award, I believe, is $11,000 for this year. And so we are very hopeful that that provides you um, some support. Um, But the scholarship committee was so impressed by the work that you've done at Tufts. And so um, so you've told us a little bit about, um, you know, kind of a little bit about your journey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory? How far back? <laughs> as far back as you're comfortable. Yeah, so I think most of my interest kind of started when I was young. Uh, my dad's an immigrant from Egypt, so him coming here in his 20s, like, no idea how to set himself up, but he was chasing that American dream. Um, and my mom, very similar, she came from Puerto Rico when she was young. Um, so with them both coming 
to the States, like at a young age and kind of going through those struggles growing up, um, they never got the chance to like complete college. Mm. So I'm a first generation student and I definitely take pride in that and trying to help other first generation students. Um, but I think seeing my parents kind of, well, I didn't personally see the struggle since I was sure. born yet, but hearing about it when I was older and seeing how now they own a small business and they're super successful. And I was like, you know, they worked hard and they have a really good work ethic and like did as much as they could and sacrificed as much to get to where they wanted to be. And ultimately that ended up being for my benefit because they said, you know, like we didn't get to have these opportunities. So like you should go for it and go for your dreams and make sure that no one stops you and just try to go over every obstacle. So I think at a young age, I wanted to be a vet and I, I knew that kind of from the get-go and I never really strayed from it. Um, but like growing up, they were always like, you know, we don't really know much about being a vet, but like, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's how I ended up at Tufts. And I realized that when I was like going through the application process that I felt very disadvantaged just because I didn't have a lot of veterinary experiences. Mm. And I'm not sure if that comes from being a minority or if it's just how it ended up being where they were preferring people with experience and I was looking for that initial experience. Sure. Um, so I honestly didn't think I was going to get into vet school the first try, um, but I did. And I think throughout my time at Tufts, I realized that when I'm out in practice, especially because I want to be a practice owner, mm -hmm. I want to make sure I have those opportunities for the students that don't have experience but want to learn more because you don't know if that's what you want to do until you see it firsthand. Yeah. So, and especially again, going back to the minorities, just making sure that they're looked out after. Um, and yeah, just letting them get exposure because even if they don't choose veterinary medicine, I feel like I would still make an impact and showing them that whatever you set your mind to, like you can achieve it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up experiment um, experiential hours for um, long time viewers and listeners, and certainly other colleagues know that that is like the hill that I'm trying to die on <laughs> during my time in DEI work in veterinary medicine, and I know that Pat has certainly also um, spent many many years kind of um, thinking about things like experiential hours. Um, yeah, I mean, our, our students of color and other students tend to have a more difficult time getting those experiences. Um, and it's often not clear how they're used and evaluated in the admissions process. Patty, you want to speak to some of that? Yeah, I, I, I think the point that um, Alexander raised, whether it was uh, a result of her um, racial ethnic background that prevented her from getting those experiences or or whatever. I think what you find is in neighborhoods uh, primarily where um, students of color live, there are fewer practice opportunities. So that's the first impediment. They've got to travel somewhere in order to get those experiences. And there, there is a change. Um, it used to be pet ownership, um, that if you had a pet, then perhaps you had the opportunity to establish a relationship with your veterinarian. 
and there was a lot out there that said, BIPOC folks don't own pets. And then someone came out and said, well, they own pets. They don't use veterinary services. I think if anyone walks down any major street today, uh, on any given day, between 7 and 8 in the morning, or 6 and 8 in the evening, and certainly all day on Saturday and Sunday, you will see a before of folk of all groups walking, not just one, <laughs> but perhaps several, visiting with doggy parks, mm -hmm. um, doggy gates. And so we can no longer hold on to that myth that um, folks from disadvantaged backgrounds historically um, are not pet owners, pet parents, uh, and, and the rest of that. And so the fact that you still want to create an opportunity for um, youngsters to be part of the veterinary experience so that they can see what happens on the other side, uh, I think it's very credible and will be for some time. I think Lisa the data supports that. Yeah. Um, where the line is not moving, it's not moving down. No. Um, but it's it's incrementally 3% to 3.2% to <laughs> maybe almost 4% now. Uh, it's, it's not moving uh, at it. Best news is it's been consistent, no matter what the other pool has done. The bad news is that there isn't some sort of upward trajectory that shows significant interest, but I think it's coming. Yeah. With folks like Alexandra, it will come. Yeah. It will yeah. come. Yeah. So, Pat, you've had this scholarship named for you for at least 10, a little over 10 years. So, yes, yes. Time flies when we are having fun. And this year is the first year, though, that we have moved to make it an annual um, uh, award. So it used to be every other year. So so I'd just like to kind of have you, what does it mean to you to have this uh, this award named I, after you? I was definitely <laughs> not anticipating that question. <laughs> Those in the audience who know me know that I'm not usually stuck for words. I'm excited. I, I think I think that's the best way to, to um, describe um, my feels. I'm grateful and most appreciative of the, the honor, certainly the honor that um, well, I was appreciative when it first happened and I've never gotten over it, to, to be honest. Uh, and I don't want to get over it. So let's be clear about that as well. But I'm excited uh, every time I get the honor to meet the recipient. You know, there is so much that they have to give and to offer. And I, I'm just drinking at the well of the next generation, generations mm -hmm. that are coming along that are in an innovative way, uh, continuing to do the work. Um, this is, as we have had other conversations, this is a long journey, you know, and, uh, we we make a choice to be in, on this journey, yeah. uh, and 
for those of us who, in terms of veterinary medicine, long and uh, <laughs> you know, we need to. Uh, we have a we have a job still to do, and that is to encourage our younger generations, our new graduates, uh, that it is all worth it, uh, even on days, critical days, critical times. Uh, it is it is all still worth it. Yeah. So we're filming um, at the during the last day of Catalyze 2023, and um, while. The recipient and Pat usually have a chance to kind of connect, at least by email. The two of you had an opportunity to really spend some quality time. And, um, you know, they're text buddies, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so, so cool to to kind of see and and, um, to kind of watch this experience kind of blossom. So, um, you know, I'm really interested, Alexandra, in hearing about kind of, you know, each school could only nominate one person. Were you surprised that you were nominated? And kind of how did you think about, what did you think about all of this? <laughs> um, I was surprised, but at the same time, I kind of wasn't. <laughs> Just because <laughs> the, the administration who put together uh, the application on my behalf They've seen me since first year and they've seen how I've developed as a leader throughout the last couple of years at Tufts. Um, so in that aspect, I'm not surprised because kind of they've, they've seen more than what I wrote in the essay to begin with. Um, but at the same time, I was surprised because there's like 100 people in every class. So it's just <laughs> interesting that I was the one chosen. Um, and I'm very much a behind the scenes person. Um, I don't like being in the spotlight a lot. So this has been like a really big adjustment. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think just receiving the scholarship, like I'm super humbled and being able to attend this conference um, and just like learn from so many people and network with all the speakers and other attendees has just been a really great experience. Great, great. What did your parents say? They wanted to be here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they kept asking, like, are you sure one of us can't go with you? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owning a business, it's hard for them to sure. just drop, drop things at the last minute. But they were like, make sure you take a lot of photos, like as many videos as you can. And they said, like, we were so proud of you. And they were like, just take in every moment. They're like, yeah. you, we know we don't, you don't like being <laughs> up in front in the attention light. But they're like, anytime someone asks you to do something, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and what has it been like getting to spend this time with Pat? It's been great. I she has a lot of words of wisdom. Um, she knows so many people and has already kind of connected me with those people um, from day one. And I think it's just great to just meet who's behind it and learn their story too. Because you've done a lot for the profession, and I hope to kind of continue your. I'm counting. <laughs> <I'm counting laughs> 
Oh, I'm loving the love fest. <laughs> I'm loving the love fest. So, um, so you're about to start clinics, and so you've got this year um, all kind of planned out. And you said that you want to be a, a practice owner at some point, but what is kind of in the short term goals? Besides, you know, just getting for clinics because that's a big goal. <laughs> um, well, how short term? Let's say five years. Oh, okay. Um, well, right now I'm trying to finish um, the enrollment for the um, Spanish elective week for the current fourth year, so the graduating class. Um, for that'll be in the, in the next yeah, couple. I, weeks. I gotta tell you, the fact that she has gone through the bureaucracy of any higher ed institution <laughs> in order to get this through is an achievement in and of itself. It's not just the, the, the intent and impact. Yeah. It is the minutia and administrative minutia that she's yeah. persevered. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Sang, um, the associate dean at Tufts, she, we had dinner the other night and she was like, you know, it was so easy for us to approve it because Alex had everything very organized, very neat, like the goals were, were written out and like the what the impact would be. And so she's like, it was a very easy yes for us. It was just kind of managing some budget things to, cool. to, to pay for it. Um, but yeah, I think after clinics and graduation, um, I'd like to work for a non-corporate hospital just mm -hmm. so I can get that business mentorship in addition to the medical mentorship. Um, I'm hoping to become board certified in the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners. Um, I think it's a, a great way for me to work towards access to care, um, just being able to provide like a step up from mm -hmm. general practice with the certification um, and being able to offer those kind of, I guess, beginning of specialist work, because obviously it won't be a specialist in like internal medicine or surgery, but being able to provide as much as I can sure in-house so that those who can't necessarily afford it or they can't get to a referral or for whatever reason, um, they can come to me and I can do as much as I can with someone that they, they've worked with for a while. So and so awesome. And so I would be remiss and probably shamed by some of my colleagues if I did not ask, why would you consider a, a career in academia in addition to, you know, the random thing? <laughs> hey, she got through the administrative work. <laughs> so you already know how to do it. So. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> I've had a couple, my stepmom actually has asked me if I want to be a professor one day. And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of see where it like, takes me. Um, but I think being here, especially seeing um, Dr. Liddy Alvarez, mm -hmm. I was like, she's like a new role model for me now because like she's a primary care veterinarian but she's a professor and she's doing all these great things and I'm like maybe that's something I should really put into my goals and not just kind of like say oh I don't know like maybe I should start working towards that because I think there's a great need for primary care professors in academia because I've heard from many classmates like I want to be a general practitioner so like why am I spending so much time learning these like nitty-gritty things about like neurology for example they're like yeah I need to know the basics and I need to know the, the intricacies but like the very specific things are like I don't know it just kind of is vague and then 
there are certain courses, at least at Tufts, that I think would be better with a primary care veterinarian mm-hmm. teaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely have voiced that a couple of times to some of our teams. But I think the problem is there's not a lot of people looking for those jobs. Yeah. So they're having a hard time finding people to fill the roles. Yeah. 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 Wow. So stay tuned. <laughs> oh, yes. Now we know that, that there's a possibility we can recruit her. So <laughs> and they're not mutually exclusive. And they're not mutually exclusive. I establish this clinic with a spectrum of care philosophy mm-hmm. behind it. And she begins to hire new graduates. Yeah. Then she'll be ripe for academia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so both. You can do both. Um, and I actually think you can do just about anything you set your mind to. So I'm very excited to see how you um, continue to evolve in veterinary medicine. And I'm just, just want you to know I'm really, really proud of you. I'm really excited um, to meet you and um, to see what you do next, because I think that you're going to have an amazing impact on the profession. No so, doubt. No doubt. So... So with that, I will say any parting words to uh, that either of you would like to share with our uh, listening viewing audience. Well, I guess thank you for the support from the audience so far, because I know they'll be watching and maybe trying to find me on LinkedIn or something. <laughs> um, but I think if there's any students, whether they're like current vet students, pre-vet, not sure yet, and they're listening, like if you're first gen or a minority, or even if you're not, like really you and you can do anything you set your mind to. So I think as long as you have an idea, just connect with people because even if someone you connect to doesn't have the answer, doesn't know kind of where to guide you, they probably know someone who will and they'll be able to kind of network you throughout because that's really the biggest thing that I've done. And I think that, that's how it got me here today. So great, great advice. Great advice. And from I can't add anything to that. <laughs> I think this is a wrap. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you both for making time on this last day of the conference. Really so wonderful to have been able to spend time with you during the course of this week, both of you. And uh, yeah, continue to do great work, both of you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for all you do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Love Fest at Catalyze 2023. (laughs) So, um, So with that, we will wrap this episode of AABMC's Diversity and Inclusion on air. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, and we will be back uh, on YouTube and in your uh, podcast feed soon. Thank you.